Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers. Welcome to the Bugle uh, live stream live. Um, uh, during the course of this show, we will have all the news from the worlds of technology, food, other stuff, the world, America, which is to all intents and purposes now entirely separate from the world. Britain, ditto. There will be full frontal nudity, but only other people's in a news story, not that kind of show. And a very, very, very special 200th birthday. We will always, uh, we will also put right all the wrongs in this flawed planet of ours. I'm just doing that as subject to a legal challenge, as always. And we'll keep you up to date uh, with all the breaking news from around the world. I'm just hearing, in fact, on the wires that America has declared itself a rogue state and launched a war against itself. Also, this being a lockdown live stream show, it means legally we are obliged to include a quiz. Uh, all lockdown shows have to have a quiz. That's advice from the World Health Organization, who absolutely love quizzes. How did this virus start? How do you stop diseases spreading? And what type of leadership does worst in a pandemic? That kind of thing. Also, quizzes recommended by the British government. That is their official advice that they've scraped out of the toilets wherever they keep their infinite number of policy-formulating monkeys with typewriters. Quizzes, of course, are recommended by the Boris Johnson regime on the grounds that if people are trying to answer questions right, they will not have time to ask questions right. So we will be bringing you the inaugural Bugle Live excessively multiple-choice live prize quiz with no prize. But first... Are you sitting comfortably? I will take that as a resounding yes. Let's meet our Buell co-hosts this week, technology and Zeus permitting. Joining us on what is, where she is appropriately enough, already the 17th of May, World Telecommunications Day, no less. Maybe we should have done the show tomorrow, as our guest is doing. Uh, it's also work from home day, and she is at her current home, very trendy these days. All the way from tomorrow on the other side of the world, it's the priestess of persiflage, the not very reverent Alice Fraser. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. Uh, that was exciting. What an adventure. <laughs> well, it was an adventure in the same way that it would have been an adventure for Christopher Columbus if he'd sailed out of harbour on the way to discover the United States of America or whatever it was he was supposed to have done and just uh, crashed into a dolphin and sank. Um, also joining us in what I assume is the same time zone as he is three miles up the road from my shed as the crow flies if it's uh, flying in a car or, or on a bus. It's Sergeant Satire himself, Nish Kumar. Hello, Nish. He's, he's forgotten to turn his... Oh, this is muted. <laughs> there we go. Years in showbiz between us. Nish. That is, a, that is an absolute bird from Chris who had <laughs> continued to mute me. But I think we can all agree I've, I've always been on the bugle as the very much the eye candy. <laughs> uh, so it does make sense. Um, hello, Andy. Hello, Alice. Hello, Chris. Hello, buglers. I can't f***ing believe this is working. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't spell bungle without b-u-g-l-e right Ab- and yet somehow i think buglers might be interested to know that there is a uh, obviously a chat window as some of you might be familiar with uh, for, uh on the zoom function and the chat window i uh, just to give you a flavor of the backstage shenanigans that have been going on in the last 10 to 15 minutes i'm just going to read you some random assortments all of these are in block capital letters <laughs> we're not live andy <laughs> I need you to speak. Hold on. Andy, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Audio has dropped out. Oh, shit. So it was a direct transcript from my wedding by coincidence as well. So <laughs> um, Sounds like um, the last transcripts of a submarine going down in World War II. But sure. Potato, potato. Um, so uh, welcome, Buglers. We are recording this on the 16th of May 2020, or, or if you're using the new calendar, the, the 16th of NHS Ember in the year 1 CVE. It is uh, World Fiddle Day, 
Not that kind of fiddle uh, for any celebrating tax lawyers uh, or corporate accountants out there. Not that kind of fiddle either, obviously. But jaunty violin music uh, or fiddle music, so-called because in old medieval times, dodgy accountants would advertise their questionable or uh, fully scamificationary services walking through town centres playing the violin in an excessive chirpy way. Uh, That is the first fact of uh, today's live bugle, the first of zero. Uh, Also, um, uh, as always, some sections of the bugle are going, where buglers? I, I can't I can't hear you, as indeed you could not hear me not very long ago. They're going in the bin, of course. Uh, some sections are going straight in the bin, along with uh, our technological uh, credibility, such as it was. If, uh, if you can throw something in the bin that never existed. Uh, in the bin, it's uh, Learn to Swim Day today, and so we have part one in our audio Teach Yourself to Swim guide. So if you are a non-swimmer, uh, buglers, keep this on your audio device at all times. So if you do find yourself in a swim-necessitating situation, you can play this and splosh your way out of trouble. Step A, do not breathe if both your mouth and nose are underwater. Step B, <laughs> waggle your arms about, and if that isn't working on its own, waggle your legs about too. And step three, imagine there is a giant but quite slow-moving shark 20 metres behind you. Uh, we will complete the Teach Yourself to Swim course over the course of the next four years. Uh, another section in the bin, obituaries, an obituary section uh, in, uh, in the bin. Um, interesting, as soon as I said obituaries, uh, Chris uh, launches the uh, the commercial side of this operation. Uh, if you want to uh, pay for a voluntary ticket uh, or uh, another form of voluntary subscription, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the uh, donate uh, donate button for a one-off or recurring uh, donation. Uh, amongst the obituaries, in the obituary section, in the bin, uh, the economy, optimism, comprehensible statistics, unalloyed joy, <laughs> governmental credibility, which passed away finally after a prolonged series of debilitating illnesses and self-inflicted in- injuries here in London, sadly missed by all those who think they remember it ever existing. And above all... British celebrity gardener Monty Don's recently becarked dead dog. And that was the first... I don't know if you saw this story, uh, Nish. Uh, yeah, I did, Alice. yes. It was, I think, the biggest news story that's happened in this country since the start of the coronavirus crisis. And it showed how desperate we are for some non-coronavirus news. That's the sad death of a much-loved TV presenter's beautiful dog really rocketed to the top of the news charts. Just anything that did not involve a virus or some absolutely baffling numbers. <laughs> I can't believe you thought that governmental credibility was alive in the UK. If anything, <laughs> it was a zombie that had come back to life, had its head chopped off and then come back as a vampire and we've garlicked it to f- I saw a 22-minute eulogy video for an Instagram hamster the other day and I was super tempted to click on it. So that's where I am in my life right now. Right. I think that's where humanity is in its life right now, Alice. (laughs) I mean... We will come on to more things that we didn't expect to happen in the universe uh, later in the show, but a 22-minute video about a hamster, that's got to be right up there. Uh, And your final section in the bin is question one of the excessively long multiple-choice bugle uh, quiz. Um, And uh, so you have your answer sheets, buglers, which are uh, a bit of paper that I hope you have, and a pen, um, if you haven't got them, imagine them or go and get them now. Uh, There will be questions interspersed, through the show, multiple choice, far too many choices for the quiz to have any fluency or relevance, but that is the way we do things on this show. And the question one is on the 16th of May, today's date. On this date, exactly 100 years ago, what happened to Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc, 100 years ago today, was she A, 
voted hottest honey in the whole of history at the inaugural session of the League of Nations, US President Woodrow Wilson passed the casting vote and declared, in a heartbeat, hell yeah. Uh, B, option B, uh, on this day 100 years ago, Joan of Arc had her sentence reduced on appeal 489 years. After being burned at the stake, she was sentenced instead to 488 years of imprisonment and told that she was now free to go. Uh, option C, she was posthumously signed by Real Madrid after club president Pedro Paraguay <laughs> had a divine vision of the former French alleged heretic scoring the winning goal in the Spanish Cup final. Uh, he was wrong. Madrid did not, in fact, win the Copa del Rey again until 1934. Although, interestingly, their equaliser in that game was caught scored by someone called Juan, which is a bit like Joan. Uh, option D, 100 years ago, uh, a parasol salesman in Saint-Tropez claimed he saw Joan of Arc, the 15th century heroine, buying a sandwich and a belated bottle of sun cream in a local cafe, sparking a mass pilgrimage which turned the south of France into a prime holiday destination. Option E, she became one side of the first ever cubic coin issued by France to celebrate <laughs> peace after the end of World War One. The other five shows, uh, the other five sides of the cubic coin, of course, showed a baguette, a man on a bike in a stripy jump with a string of onions around his neck, a man having an affair, a shrug and an overhead but angry looking goose uh, option f she was picked out of a hat by george bernard shaw in a drunken game of play topic bingo shaw's play st joan duly came out three years later his fellow playwrights were set less easy task uh, jm barry had to write a five-act drama about snitty the magic hedgehog and queen victoria's underpants whilst t.s Eliot penned a seldom performed drama entitled my ding-a-ling or option g a hundred years ago today joan of arc was canonized by Pope Benedict the Fifteenth. Those are your options. What could it possibly be, Buglers? Write down your answers, and I will give you the correct answers at the end of the show. Just as a content note, uh, before yep. this, this all began, you said, "Would you like to add any questions to the quiz?" And I thought, yep. "Does one, when perceiving a drowning man, throw him a rock?" <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt such a sense of dread as I thought about the fact that there are 26 letters in the alphabet. Yeah, I'm not going to do any with all 26, Nish. I promise, I promise you that. Right. Let's, let's get some discipline into this operation. Uh, it's time for your top story this week. Here we go. There's a jingle. Uh, I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, the thing is, this happens in all TV shows. Nish, you yourself would know this. They just don't go out live. So you have editors to chop out the the, the, the dodgy bits. Like when, you know, Jackie Showbiz drops the Fs, uh, Fs and C bombs. Uh, they just cut it out, make him look good. Now, uh, yeah, top I've story never this felt week. more grateful for, to have editors in my entire life. Or indeed, <laughs> let's face it, hair and makeup. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Do we have to beep uh, ourselves, Andy? Uh, yeah, please do. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, depends. <laughs> it depends whether you were beeping yourself when you said, "Do we have to beep ourselves?" At that point, anyway. Um, <laughs> so these, these are the, the. No, I would have just said, we... "Do we have to shit ourselves, Andy?" Oh, well, okay, fair enough. It could have gone a different way. Must um, we? Uh, go bleep yourself now, um... oh, Andy. If I can quote from yourself, family show. Yep. Fat family show, Fat fam- literally family show. My, my house is over there. I'm in the shed. My family is in that house, watching this. So if you guys could raise the tone a bit, I'd be very grateful. <laughs> Top story. I tried to introduce this about three minutes ago. Top story. The virus is a girl. Uh, we finally know um, what gender COVID is. COVID nineteen, aka 
the uh, microbial Mephistopheles, aka the titchy tyrant, the invisible shitbag. Uh, the uh, uh, it's um, basically everything the world's assorted baddies have always dreamed of doing but never achieved. Uh, that virus is, it turns out, a girl. Don't take it from me. Take it from no less a scientific authority than the French language itself, which knows the gender of all things. It's decided in its infallible Gallic wisdom that COVID is la COVID and not le COVID. Uh, Alice as Bugle correspondent for the unbetestical community. How are your people reacting <laughs> to the confirmation that it is all your fault? Well, yes, Andy, this is great news. The Académie Française, whose job it is to make sure that French stays pure and unpolluted, has announced that COVID is indeed a, f- a feminine. It's infâme. And it's not because the French are sexist, though, of course, they are sexist. It's a part of French culture to be sexist because they've been sexist for hundreds of years and they don't like change unless it involves decapitation. So it's <laughs> la COVID-19, not le COVID-19. It's an acronym of a disease, which is why it's called a, a woman. Uh, disease is maladie, which it means it's a girl. Uh, I don't know why malady is a girl. I, I assume that they think all diseases are women. Is I, f- The point is that French culture is the least relaxed culture about maintaining the standards of how relaxed they are. They they just con- consistently are like, no, 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 nothing will ever change. We're going to stay real chill all times at, on pain of death. It is a classic move from the culture that invented hypocrisy, or the word hypocrisy. We all know that the concept of hypocrisy was invented by the Egyptians. Don't tell me to be in three-quarter profile all the time. You, you married your aunt, who's also your sister. Sorry, beep. <laughs> Family show. Alice. Um... Uh, well, obviously, I don't know quite how they uh, managed to sex <laughs> COVID. It's presumably based on a range of evidence that the French uh, linguistic scientists, who, of course, have decided that a lawnmower is female, um, uh, extramarital affair is female, bread is male, and a potato is male. Um, so, you know, readings of that, whatever you want. Uh, it's sexed COVID based on a range of evidence. Uh, the uh, official statement said, we found that COVID uh, has uh, been very well organised through this crisis, prepared to socialise with people it doesn't know, able to multitask and be flexible, and is relatively kind to children, albeit while still being a virus, and doesn't waste its time putting up unnecessarily sh- unnecessary shelves or rewiring things. It all points to it being a lady virus. Uh, I mean, this, we're off the hook here, aren't we, as, uh, as, uh, as males? Well, I don't know about you, Andy, but I am furious. This is political correctness gone mad. <laughs> COVID, more like cuckvid. There are little boys out there right now, Andy. Don't search that on Pornhub. Whole... <laughs> yeah, do not. Yeah, don't, don't search any of these things on Pornhub, please, for the love of God. There are little boys out there right now who are looking at this whole saga and thinking, well, I guess I can't be a disease that wrecks untold devastation on planet Earth and alters the very fabric of society. I guess I'm going to have to settle for being the president of everything. This is the future that the liberals wanted, Andy. Does this mean that COVID has to wear the exact amount of makeup, makeup that will make them look like they're not wearing makeup, but in a way that lets you know they've made an effort? Well, yes, almost. Certainly. <laughs> it does. But, I mean, it's, a lot of the pictures, it looks like it's put it's kind of a bit of lipstick or bl- blusher on its little crowny bits. But, uh, I mean, that's possibly something it picked up from the Queen, who does the same thing. But, I mean, generally, when you look at, you know, the performance of the, the world's leading genders during this, this crisis, um, you know, the, the leaders in particular, you know, Trump, Bolsonaro, Johnson uh, versus Jacinda Ardern, Angela Merkel, Tsai Ing-wen, the president of Taiwan... I mean, it's it's not been a great time f- for fans of of the male species. I mean, is it because these people are men who dream of being alpha males? Is it simply because they are f- quits who happen to be men, or is it because they're f- 
witted men who dream of being alpha males and witted simultaneously. It's very hard to say. Well, the real research I want to see is in what the relationship is between world leaders who are handling the crisis well and world leaders who have come to see me do comedy. Because <laughs> in 2016, Jacinda Ardern came to see me do a show at the New Zealand Comedy Festival, and she is now handling the virus very well. And you're welcome, New Zealand, OK? Right. She got the experience up close of handling a total disaster. And now <laughs> look at where New Zealand is. It's almost, Andy, it's almost like the qualities traditionally associated with leadership are ideological legacies predicated on a society where victory used to be a matter of being able to bash the other guy's head in with a stick from a horse and you can't just yep. joust your way through a four-hour briefing on epi- epidemiology. Right? right. Just I'm maybe. Not, that's, it's, it's possible. But don't, don't destroy our dreams. Don't destroy our dreams. Um, I mean, do you think Nish, as, as you know, as as, uh, as members of the male team, uh, you know, we've, we've got to assess where we are as a as a gender at this point in history. I mean, is it time for us to just take a break? I mean, patriarchy is in, in need of some fresh ideas. I think uh, a reboot. Maybe it's time for us to go away as a gender. Think about some of the things we may have done wrong and come back refreshed in a couple of years, ready to go for another few millennia of domination. Is that? I mean, is that? a fair thing to accept at this point yeah i think it's not a bad idea especially our tactic over the last sort of four or five years uh, which has been to send pretty much all of our worst players on the pitch at once we have uh, <laughs> elected we've really we've it's not just that they're men it's the fact that they're some of the worst men of all time and yeah look the patriarchy has had its time maybe maybe we just need to maybe we just need a bit of a refresh we just need a bit of a refresh Take a bit of a relax and then see if we can work out how to not send the most f***ing idiotic examples of our gender to the absolute top of the most powerful positions in the world. (laughs) One um, uh, woman from history who's been getting a lot of uh, big raps uh, this week on uh, her 200th birthday is longtime uh, bugle favourite Florence Florence Nightingale. try and keep this as decent as possible at this oh yeah this section um some hospitals have uh, been marking the occasion by uh, chris take that off the screen uh, i'm trying to focus i'm at work here that is not suitable for work um some hospitals have been giving their staff full florence nightingale masks to wear which turns out it's cheaper than buying turkish ppe kit and uh, slightly uh, more effective and um <laughs> You know, it's it's been a great time to uh, appreciate you know, Florence Nightingale's legacy uh, legacy to to the world. Um, Alice, you are, are you a Nightingale fan? Yes, and I want to wish a happy birthday to Florence Nightingale, the Lady of the Lamp, the Woman of the Wound Care Protocol, the Femme Non Fatale, uh, the Gimme More of the Crimean War. <laughs> Just an astonishingly, astonishingly complex, uh, competent, latex-snapping, chart-carrying, human feces-cleaning, knowledge-heavy problem-solver. And uh, apparently uh, Florence Nightingale's birthday is also associated with International Nurses' Day, so uh, that's a wonderful thing. Why don't you celebrate International Nurses' Day by dressing up as a sexy patient for once? <laughs> I've been doing that all my life. Um, uh, Nish, what does Florence Nightingale mean uh, mean, to, mean to you? 
Well, unfortunately, Andy, Florence Nightingale's entire legacy and all of her humanitarian work and the incredible things she did in the Crimean War have entirely been overshadowed by a decade of being exposed to your ceaseless boner for her. And unfortunately now, when I hear that it's Florence Nightingale, all I can think about is you getting Randy in your cricket stats shed. You've ruined Nightingale for me. Uh, well, I mean, obviously she has a great legacy to the world, including linguistically, interestingly. Um, here's a couple more facts for you. The term nighty uh, comes from Nightingale. Um, the cloaks worn by Nightingale and her fellow nurses in the Crimean War, which uh, shot her to global stardom. Uh, they worked such long shifts and had such early starts, they had to sleep in their medical overalls, which had been designed by Florence, of course, and the Nightingale gowns became shortened to nighties. Uh, her nursing colleague, Jemima Pandlehurst, designed the underwear, of course. Um, and, uh, so the phrase... Um, oh, Pandlehurst phrase... really is hit the sweet spot for me. <laughs> The phrase, uh, the phrase, go with the flow, also comes from uh, Florence Nightingale. It was uh, the soldiers who would willingly submit to Florence Nightingale's instructions, unusual for the patriarchal world of the 19th century, after seeing, uh, seeing that she was very much opposed to unnecessary death, which was a significant break from uh, military medical tradition. Now, uh, that moves us on to question two of the Bugle, uh, Bugle quiz today. Get your answer sheets at the ready, we'll tell you the answers at the end. And this is a true or false round. All quizzes have to have a true or false round. But this being the bugle, this is a false or very false round. All these options are false, <laughs> but one has a very small element of truth in it. Can you tell me which one? And this is on the subject of etymology. Uh, option A, the term ketchup uh, originates from when tomatoes were introduced to Europe from South America in the 16th century. And a mashed up spiced tomato sludge was marketed as a remedy for impotence. Ketch was a contemporary term for a gentleman's todgington, hence the term ketchup. Uh, option B, uh, barbecue, the origin of the term barbecue comes from, uh, well, during the uh, papacy of the notoriously dictatorial Pope Lurid II, when it was uh, only legal to eat meat when about to have your hair cut, hence stores would be set up selling grilled meats to people waiting outside a hair salon, hence barbecue. Uh, is it option C, avocado, uh, French lawyers um, uh, back uh, in the uh, revolutionary times or advocates uh, would uh, represent uh, big water owners? Um, after a court case against the new f- newfangled uh, water-hungry foodstuff, they became known as les avocados, uh, and it became uh, attached to the uh, foodstuff. The term none of the above uh, comes from the elevated Sisters of Pontificata, a dogmatic sect of uh, extremely Christian nuns who lived their entire lives on uh, special raised platforms to be close to the Lord. Uh, under siege in 1187, the Sisters refused to come down from their ledge or accept any of the range of demands of the invading Mangalorean army, hence the term None of the above. Uh, option E, the term oy vey. Uh, oy vey comes from a traditional uh, facial covering worn by Jewish people when disappointed to cover their fury, known as the oy veil, uh, shortened to uh, oy, oy vey. Uh, F, option F. Uh, ostrich, the term ostrich, uh, comes from an ancient Germanic legend of giant fighting orcs with telescopic necks able to run as fast as the wind and peck your eyes out, which are rumoured to come from an eastern kingdom, or Ostreich. Uh, or is it Stop option it. G, Stop the term quarantine? During the time of the Black Death in the 14th century, the Venetian government forced people suspected of having a celebrity infectious disease uh, plague to isolate and eat nothing but a hybrid health-giving fruit vegetable cross between a carrot or quarrot, as it was known before Samuel Johnson's standardised spelling, and a clementine, hence the term 
quarantine. <laughs> no. uh, so no. those are your options. <laughs> A through to G. Jot down your answer and we will give you the answers at the end of the quiz. I think we all need a break now. Let's <laughs> just have a... Oh, sorry. I, I, I missed the start, Andy. Could you just repeat the question? <laughs> at one point, yeah. I forgot... What was happening? <laughs> why we were doing this, and who I was? Right. Well, that, that don't don't blame me, Nish. That is the, also the tactic of the British government in hoping people <laughs> that, that will ignore what they've done through this crisis. That seamless a, link. I'm not awake enough for this. Oh well, it is. What, what, what time is it? Seven seven thirty? Where you are? It's about six o'clock in the morning now. All uh, oh, right, it's gone backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it, it's 9pm here and I don't have a f***ing clue what just happened there. <laughs> Is this still the top right. story? Also, I, I I had a very ill-advised coffee at about 8.30pm and right. all I'm saying is I'm buzzing, right. there is half a chance that in about 45 minutes some of this live broadcast may come from a different room in my house. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. That's where you did the whole of your TV show from, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. The ass report. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, uh, there was very nearly an American topical show that was rechristened John on the John, but that luckily didn't happen. Um, <laughs> now, last uh, week tonight, I've got a million of these. <laughs> Right, let's move on, uh, since we mentioned the British government. <laughs> it's been an interesting week for uh, for Britain in its uh, corona, uh, corona narrative. The uh, UK government is famously a living petri dish experiment in what happens if you try to make a diesel engine work by filling it with rat vomit. Uh, no one really wins, <laughs> uh, not even the rats. Uh, last weekend they announced a new strategy which was to be even vaguer about what their strategy is, perhaps trying to lull the virus into complacency given how easy it had found it to reduce this nation to a baffled jelly. They um, announced uh, from their trademark Babel Tower of Embafflements a new slogan instructing Britain to stay alert um, rather than stay at home. Finally, learning the lessons of the 1660s bubonic plague outbreak, which was caused, of course, by people being a little bit blasé and inattentive. Nicola Sturgeon um, uh, described the slogan switch to stay alert as, quotes potentially catastrophic, which, by great coincidence, are the words Boris Johnson uses on his Tinder profile. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nish, uh, Nish, have you, how, how alert have you been uh, this week? I mean, you're always absolutely, uh, absolutely on it. Oh, I am, Andy. I'm. Look, before we move on, it's just going to haunt me for the rest of my life if I don't return briefly to the subject of John Oliver, his show title, and if he did it from the toilet. The answer obviously <laughs> should be ass cheek poo shite. Let's now we can we dealt with that and now we can move on right, uh, yeah move the on. uk uh, uk government policy uh, has shifted again uh, and boris johnson is now treating the coronavirus like it's one of his biological children in that he's just passing responsibility and sort of hoping it goes away uh, last sunday there was a a televised broadcast uh, from downing street and uh, i i don't know if anybody has seen any of the footage of it but it was genuinely very very weird he didn't do it live uh, he scripted it in advance uh, and pre-filmed it and then released it. And all I can say watching that, as someone who has been making a television show in his house for the last six weeks, is it's not as f***ing easy as I make it look, is it, <laughs> Boris? You f***ing <laughs> That was 
surely the most worrying thing about all of this is that that was somehow the best take. At one point, he was just <laughs> screaming a list of jobs because he's also picked up a new rhetorical flourish because obviously... He's obviously been told that he's lacking gravitas owing to the fact that he, you know, his whole brand is I'm a bit of a laugh and that's not really the vibe that they're going for right now. So he was sort of banging his fists on the table yeah, the and fists. then just kind of shouting every third world. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. It was like watching a toddler have a tantrum <laughs> and then afterwards finding out that that toddler is now all that stands between you and dying because the air is full of poison. <laughs> Yeah, so they've changed the slogan. Uh, The slogan is now uh, stay alert. uh, And the announcement officially was that uh, you're being encouraged to go to work, uh, but you can't uh, use public transport uh, and you can't really uh, arrive uh, at the time that you would normally. Basically, you can go to work, but the only way you can get to work is via a DeLorean. And I don't know <laughs> if it's possible to be any clearer than that. Uh, and the next morning, on, uh, on Monday morning, uh, a slew of government ministers were passed around uh, all of the various different shows just to desperately clarify what the f*** <laughs> Boris Johnson had been banging on about. Uh, and th- uh, there's this gem that I saved from Monday morning. Uh, Victoria Dubshow, who does a British uh, sort of talk show uh, that covers lots of current event issues, had Dominic Raab on. Uh, Dominic Raab, some of you might remember, was the Brexit, sec- Brexit secretary uh, who quit in protest at his own Brexit negotiations. And also has the vibe of someone who's definitely murdered. <laughs> I can't prove that. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Citation needed allegedly. But he has that vibe. Uh, and uh, this uh, Dominic Raab was supposed to be clarifying uh, the government's policy and this absolute gem came from the Victoria Derbyshire Twitter account which was live tweeting everything that Raab was saying this is a direct quote Dominic Raab says you can meet your mum in the morning and a different relative in the afternoon if it's outside and in England you can't say clearer than that it's like a Lewis Carroll nonsense poem our government's coronavirus policy is essentially that thing where William Burroughs used to write random sentences cut them up put them in a bag shake them around and throw them on the floor (laughs) through this uh, Boris Johnson has been floundering around like a lactose intolerant arachnophobe who's forgotten his safe word at a cheese and spiders fetish club and (laughs) especially He's been he's been put up against the uh, the new Labour Party leader Keir Starmer, formerly one of Britain's top lawyers, who's been giving Boris Johnson in Prime Minister's questions enough metaphorical rope to metaphorically hang himself, only to find that Boris Johnson is on the phone to a timber yard, ordering everything he needs for a fully functioning gallows, and asking, "Are we going short drop or long drop?" It's it's basically it's been like a policy Sudoku, essentially the government's approach. Well, this means that can't be that, which means that that also isn't possible. So that must be that, but it can't be because that has to mean that or that. So I think it means that legally I am allowed to lick a bench, um, so, <laughs> but only if it's I, outside I and in England. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I watched Prime Minister's Question Time. Keir Starmer looks absolutely baffled. Yes. Because, he, as you say, he, he is a lawyer. And what happened on Wednesday was the equivalent of him going up to cross-examine someone and then walking up to the stand wearing a T-shirt saying, I killed the <laughs> <laughs> He looked absolutely baffled. Boris Johnson is playing rope-a-dope, but like he forgot to watch the end of the Rumble in the Jungle. <laughs> and so he now just thinks that Muhammad Ali leaned his way to the championship. <laughs> well, that, I mean... The, the, the... It's unbelievable the number of things that are happening way too late. We've talked about this on the Bugle in, uh, over the last few months. Uh, contact tracing, 
they're uh, now starting to think about. Um, uh, the government has basically <laughs> sprung into action, very much like Santa Claus crashing down your chimney in mid-March. No, you cannot, you cannot have a glass of f***ing sherry. My kid has been in tears for ten weeks, you totter. And they're paying these contact tracers, army of contact tracers, minimum wage, because nothing says you are a massively important part of our national struggle like paying them the equivalent of entry-level to- toilet cleaning. A result, not enough contact tracers. Team GB! Team GB! Um, Alice, Australia's been doing rather uh, rather better through this, for uh, I mean, helped by the fact that it's a massive desert um obviously uh, what what's uh, i mean how how is the australian view of the the british um struggle uh, been going i mean look if we wanted vengeance for the whole convict thing you're <laughs> you're delivering it in australia at the moment we're coming out of lockdown because we've handled the virus uh, super well and if everybody is responsible and does social distancing then we're really going to knock this thing on the head i went out yesterday and ah f- everyone's licking each other everyone's out playing suck and blow in the middle yeah. of the mall the f**k's sake just put a mask on do you have no we, ha- we seem to have no version of you're not locked in your house that isn't quick use my leg as a stripper pole people can't be trusted <laughs> with their own lungs what, what what like you're allowed to go outside should mean is like peep your little nose out like a quivering marmoset being told the wood well, the wolf has headed west uh, and what it turns out to mean is just plaster yourself all over each other's faces like you're you got no idea how it's going on the bright side looking at the UK does make us feel a lot better about ourselves how good would it be if the combination of Brexit and the coronavirus handling in England meant that Scotland and Ireland end up leaving going to the EU and the only UK member state that isn't part of the EU anymore is England I don't care about Wales Wales can go f*** themselves um, <laughs> well you say it would be fun but speaking of someone who is uh, English and uh, a fan of Europe as a continent um uh, I love other continents too. There's nothing against South America or Antarctica, but I do, I do like I do like Europe. It would be a harrowing tragedy, but that's what democracy's all about, Alice. That's what <laughs> democracy and the virus are all about. The latest government advice: just a few more details on holidays. Uh, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, said there will be no big, lavish international holidays this year, or as they used to be known in this country, an empire. Um, <laughs> they, they, uh, holidays will be allowed, but only on your own. And if you stay at home Um, uh, regarding uh, quarantining, the government has announced they will be politely asking people coming into the country to quarantine themselves after a rigorous scientific research project over the last three months into whether or not not quarantining people works as well as as quarantining them as a means of preventing the virus spreading. Turns out it doesn't. Here's the clever bit. If you're from France, coming from France or Ireland, you don't have to be quarantined because baguettes and leprechauns give you immunity, I think. That is the level of science that we're going with here. Uh, And it's a bit late. Again, it's a bit like Churchill saying, yeah, we should definitely send up some fighter planes to deal with that shit in November 1943, uh, shortly after the Nazis had turned Lord's Cricket Ground into a lederhosen factory. Um, uh, Yeah, and it's, it's not unlike Churchill going... Listen, if you're out and about and you see a Nazi, punch him. <laughs> Just punch him in the face. We're not going to fight a war with an army. Why would anyone do that? But if you happen to be out at Tesco's and you see a Nazi in the frozen fruit aisle, smack him right in the chops. Ideally from 1.5 metres away. <laughs> I, I'm not really in a position to criticise not doing things in time. I still haven't finished my Italia 90 World Cup scrapbook. Uh, but so I'm, I'm not in a position 
to someday, someday, <laughs> never say never, buglers. We've seen <laughs> what can be achieved with this technological miracle that is unfolding before your eyes, albeit after it slightly. Like, uh, but other people are in a position to judge, and they seem to be unimpressed. The Daily Telegraph has been criticising Boris Johnson, which is like seeing Boris Johnson criticise Boris Johnson. It's just something that simply shouldn't happen. Meeting a family. Now, there's a lot of talk about what you can do. Uh, so, as you said, two people from different households can meet in outdoor settings as long as they stay more than two metres apart. You can visit your parents, but only only one at a time. Or if you see them both, then you have to catapult one off a cliff into the sea or something <laughs> like that. I forget. It's like, but it's like a missions trade. There's loopholes. It's like a missions trading. So my parents, um, my friend's parents live overseas. So I'm using his allowance to see both of my parents simultaneously, <laughs> but I will only look at them one at a time. And the latest advice says it's like a Medusa, that if you speak to someone while looking in a mirror or a, a shiny reverse side of a shield, it doesn't pose a risk. To be on the safe side, I will remain at least 20 metres away from my parents and use a loud hailer and make them stand behind a special prism to make them seem smaller than they actually are and therefore <laughs> harder for any passing viruses to spot. And I will speak to them in a New Zealand access, uh, accent because that seems to work uh, pretty well. Uh, all clear. Uh, all all clear. Right. Yeah, um, I genuinely had to have a, I genuinely had to have a conversation with my mum this week where she suggested that we meet in a park and I have a conversation with her while my dad hides in a bush <laughs> and then we trade places. And I was trying to explain to her that I don't think you can hide from the coronavirus. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Let's, uh, let's move on. Should we move on to, uh, to the USA um, uh, for our... Uh, USA. USA. Our, our American viewers have been enjoying the death of American democracy. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's had underlying conditions. It really hasn't looked after itself. So is it dying of Trump or dying with Trump? We don't know, but he has certainly accelerated uh, the, the process. He's very much, uh, Donald Trump, the proverbial puppy that never learned to crap in the garden and now three and a half years into the dog's first term of office, the living room has become a complete no-go area. And good luck trying to teach that now pretty old dog not to dump on its favourite shit sofa. <laughs> so, um, also, he's one of those dogs that only barks at black people for some reason. <laughs> At, um, at this point, I'm so sick of Trump dominating the news landscape that I'm willing to de- to invent an entire alternate dimension where he's just slightly less prominent. He is <laughs> too deluded even to be a villain in an action movie because at least the writers have to give them a coherent backstory for them wanting to destroy the world. Man who sees the entire population of the country he rules as non-player characters in a game of Sims he can't wait to delete is too on the nose even for a Vin Diesel triple X sequel. He's now essentially, depressingly, just given up on fighting coronavirus and has sort of lurched into campaign mode. Um, And he is now trying to sort of, as usual, he sort of thought about doing something about coronavirus, but he's just defaulted. And, you know, when you default, we've all got our sort of default modes. And he has just gone back to being racist and trying to blame everything on Barack Obama. So he's (laughs) uh, used this week, instead of, uh, you know updating Americans on the testing regime or even wearing masks uh, in public. Uh, He's instead just uh, working on a new scandal that he's calling uh, Obamagate. Uh, So uh, last Sunday, uh, he tweeted 126 times, (laughs) which depressingly is only the third highest of his presidency. 
126 tweets is the bronze medal. That is roughly five tweets an hour. There are bots that are designed only to tweet that are tweeting less frequently than the president of America. Now, to explain... (laughs) What the latest strategy is, this is what Al Jazeera said. Uh, this is, uh, they described it as an unproven narrative uh, that Obama, along with Joe Biden and then FBI Director James Comey, uh, and with, in collusion with intelligence services in the US and abroad, uh, planted a phony theory that Trump was colluding with Russia in order to win the 2016 election. Once planted, the theory was allegedly picked up by members of the anti Trump deep state in the US uh, and used to spy on and frame members of Trump's inner circle. Now, I know. I don't even know where to start with this, right? This Obamagate thing. There's absolutely no substantiation for it. He's offered no evidence. He's just been tweeting about it relentlessly. And yet, for some reason, the thing that has annoyed me the most is the fact that he's referring to it as Obamagate. Now, that is not how the gate system (laughs) of naming works for scandals. It was Watergate, not Nixongate. How is he this shit at everything? (laughs) Well, Nish, I think you're being very, very unfair on him because yeah, he put out that tweet that, that people said just one word, Obamagate, but it was misrepresented because if you pronounce it correctly, Obamagate, you will know it's an ancient Japanese martial art um, <laughs> that, that um, Mr. Trump practices. Now, Obamagate, for those who don't know it, uh, involves shouting abuse at anyone and everything that you see. <laughs> it's a very good workout for the lungs. It's an equilibrializer for the spirit. You should try it. It's very similar to swearobics, if any of you buglers have ever uh, given that uh, go. Very popular uh, football supporters. I, I think it's time now, since we're talking about Trump, to have question three. Of the Bugle uh, prize quiz, the uh, excessive multiple-choice prize quiz. And this is on Donald Trump. It's a very simple question. Uh, That question is, uh, which of the following things did the President of America, the leader of the free world, the figurehead of the self-proclaimed greatest democracy in the world, not do this past week? Only one of these things the President of America did not do. A. Accuse a TV news presenter of being a murderer. B. Face a Supreme Court hearing over his tax returns, which also touched on allegations that he'd paid hush money to a porn star. C. He was accused of violating the US legal system by facilitating the release of a man who pleaded guilty to misleading the FBI on his behalf. Uh, D. He tweeted his support of protesters who were harassing a journalist. E, he boasted about having a super-duper new missile, uh, presumably one that can take out a virus microbe at a range of 10,000 miles with collateral casualties below 50 million. Uh, Or F, he told a a press conference that Joe Biden uh, shot JFK whilst working for the Cuban mafia (laughs) and then had a torrid affair with Muppet star Fozzie Bear in the 1970s, their unholy progeny, of course, becoming the notorious Fraggles species. (laughs) Only one of those things he did not do and even I think you know what it is. Even that one, he probably thought thought of doing. I mean, the rest. I mean, admitted again, not, nothing that Lincoln or Eisenhower or one of the Roosevelts wouldn't have done. Most weeks they were in charge, but these days, it just seems a little bit off. He also he announced a couple of really uh, uh, he announced a new policy this week that amazingly had absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus. Uh, he unveiled something. Uh, he unveiled a new missile system. Uh, as part of his flag ceremony unveiling for his new Space Force. Uh, And he... I can't believe I'm reading this out. He said said that we have no choice. We have to do it with the adversaries we have out there. We have, I call it... I call it the super-duper missile. Uh, 
And I heard the other night, it's 17 times faster than what they have right now. Now, coupled with the fact that his uh, naming system for the uh, new uh, vaccinations for coronavirus is now called Operation Warp Speed, which he claimed (laughs) it was called that because he said it means that means big and it means fast. But he also said it's a massive scientific, industrial and logistic endeavour, unlike anything our country has seen since the Manhattan Project, which begs the alarming question, does he think the Manhattan Project is the name given to when they built the Empire State Building? (laughs) Because I cannot believe he's talking about a policy of vaccinations against a deadly virus and comparing it to building a f***ing nuclear bomb. Uh, the Michael Flynn story is um, quite interesting. He, the former National Security Advisor who had been in jail, he'd previously admitted that he lied, but he's now saying he lied about lying. So we're, in kind of, <laughs> we're in a kind of it's kind of Schrodinger's perjury situation here. I mean, at very best, he told a white lie, and by white lie, obviously, I mean white lie as in a falsehood told with good intentions, rather than white lie as in Donald Trump's view of the history of the United States of America. Um, <laughs> When he accused that MSNBC anchor of murder, the MSNBC yeah, anchor was in a different city and the lady had a heart attack and fell over. Like, that is... <laughs> yeah, but that just makes it the perfect crime, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what, did he send her such a bad dick pic that, like... Wh- <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's that would be a hard one to recover from. <laughs> hey. um, he's been... Uh, Still at, at war with his uh, scientific advisors, and, um, and and just seeing Trump engage with science. We talked about last week the the kind of jarring juxtaposition of Trump with Abraham Lincoln at that town hall meeting, and seeing him kind of doing any talking about science is like seeing seeing him next to uh, Isaac Newton with his trousers and underpants round his ankles, swinging his nutsack from side to side, <laughs> shouting, "Look, I can make my balls bang bang together against each other too. You're not so special. You're a dead loser. What kind of dweeb gets hit on the?" Dweeb gets hit on the head by an apple. And uh, there's your Isaac Newton joke for the week. It would have probably been better <laughs> if I hadn't stumbled on it. Right. Um, my favourite, so, can I just say my favourite conspiracy yes. theory before we move on? My favourite one is the one where they think Bill Gates is trying to vaccinate you with nanobots to track and control you. Uh, because he, like in 2012, he he you know he put in a vaccine patent for a completely different coronavirus, uh, which is like screaming at your newlywed for sleeping with your sister when in fact you mean they slept with you like it's a completely different thing and the idea that they're super worried about nanobots going to track you and control you like you haven't already ceded all privacy and control to social media algorithms that literally know and influence what you're thinking and where you are at all times the call is coming from inside the house and it's your phone calling you and you're making the f***ing call like yeah. <laughs> um uh, thank you uh, for joining us so far, Buglers. Uh, if you want to uh, pay for a virtual ticket, if you don't have to, go to the buglepodcast.com and click on the donate button. Uh, that's also uh, where you can find our voluntary subscriptions. There it is, Chris. Uh, Chris, uh, like, uh, look at that, that kind of technological mastery we've come to expect from this, uh, this young triathlete. I've actually updated it. People have Ooh, ni- now have a nice blue button they can click on. Which is always not, not nice. It's nice to click on a new button, isn't it? It's always, always nice. Um, so, uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to contribute to the uh, to the bugle, uh, pay for the show that we've been giving you tonight. Uh, go uh, to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate link now. 
<laughs> the, the Dutch have uh, gone a very Dutch way about this, and they've issued a respect, piece of, uh, respect. official advice uh, in which they've advised people to find a sex buddy to see them through the lockdown. Well done, the Dutch. Uh, you win uh, National Stereotype of the Week um, this week. <laughs> and it d- does make you wonder, we've seen so much hypocrisy from governments. Are the Dutch government going to set an example with this policy, or is it going to be another classic case of do as we say, not do as we do. Is the Dutch Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, auspicious name in the circumstances, going to announce <laughs> an official briefing, don't tell the wife, but me and Femke are going to be going at it hammering Dutch tongs this weekend for the good <laughs> of this country. And I, I mean, sure, this is one policy, niche that our political leaders here in Britain might actually have a chance of not being volcanically hypocritical about. Surely this is a policy... Boris Johnson was born to announce. <laughs> sure, I mean, that guy, given the rate of, I mean, I don't know how to pronounce, given his F number, uh, <laughs> if we can use the parlance of, of our age, Boris Johnson's F number is normally in, at very least, the high 200s. And given his, you know, this sort of enforced lockdown, I'm actually genuinely, I'm blown away that he hasn't announced this policy. Um, but yeah, it's the Dutch are responding to this. In fairness, we are also responding to this, as you would expect from our nation in Britain, in that we're in denial about anything that we might possibly have done wrong, <laughs> which has very much been our default position since the sort of mid 19th century. Uh, but yes, the, uh, the Dutch. Well, BC, uh, it turns out. Just BC? Yeah. <laughs> No, that, it wasn't supposed to have a roof on it. No, that's how hinges are supposed to be. Not <laughs> it's bloody stones. Not, not good enough, are they? I, like, I want to be on a fly on the Zoom call for these sex buddy conversations. Like, how do you broach that with a pal? And what do you tell your grandchildren if you happen to have any as a result of this? Oh, the government suggested a loveless interlocking of genitals in an attempt to suppress excessive isolation, thirst trap-induced blue balls. For the ladies, that's, uh, that's known as flaplock. <laughs> which are which coincidentally it's a Dutch village, um, but um, <laughs> uh, but also you know those questions that you'll be asked by your grand, what did you do in the Great Virus War? <laughs> I guess the response: What do you mean, what? Do you mean who or what? <laughs> um, uh, right, we are uh, heading towards the end of this show, and we still have a question to go in the Bugle Multiple Choice Quiz. Well, we've got seven minutes, Andy, so if you start now... Here is your sports question. This is the sports section this week. In the absence of of, uh, all sport, uh, basically, or almost all sport, uh, here's a sports question. What failed to stop the Cleveland Indians pitcher Ray Caldwell from finishing a Major League Baseball game against the Philadelphia Athletics in the year 1919? So uh, one of these is true. The thing that did stop him, uh, that didn't, that that did happen, but did not stop him finishing the game. Was it A? He was attacked by a dog and had his finger bitten off. Was it B? He ruptured his shoulder, elbow, and wrist tendons throwing a fastball. Was it C? He became vice president to Woodrow Wilson after Thomas R. Marshall temporarily stepped down due to a trampolining injury. Was it D? He was attacked by his girlfriend's furious husband and had his nose broken. Was it E? He was attacked by his own furious wife and had his eardrum perforated. Was it F? He was attacked by both his girlfriend's furious husband and his own furious wife and had his nose broken, his eardrum perforated and his testicles clattered with a baseball bat. Was it G? He was arrested by 
Chicago police on a suspicion of murder but pitched on in the ninth. Was it eight? He was arrested by Chicago police for attempted murder after attempting to kill athletics hitter Drellard Buttclark with his own bat. Was it I? He was abducted by aliens, returned two minutes later claiming he'd been away for 20 years and pitched a new unplayable 125 mile an hour fastball he said he'd learnt in outer space. Was it J? His wife gave birth in the dugout. Was it K? He gave birth in the dugout. Was it L? He died of Spanish influenza. Was it M? He ran out of balls due to the number of home runs conceded. He finished the match pitching apples in the ninth. Was it N? He signed for the other team, the Athletics mid-match and pitched the ninth innings for both teams, leading to a change in the law. Was it O? The Treaty of Versailles failed to stop him finishing the game. The treaty was signed on the 28th of June 1919 and Cleveland-hating President Woodrow Wilson inserted a subclause making it illegal for anyone to pitch for the Cleveland Indians in among some of the blurb about carving up the Middle East. The news came through as Calder was preparing to pitch the eighth and he declared, well I'm still at war and pitched two more shutout innings in defiance of the treaty before being arrested and placed under the purview of the British Empire. Was it option P? He was hit on the head and forgot how to pitch. Was it option Q? Flatulence. A nervous Caldwell ate his way through three kilograms of dried apricots during a tense match and was, quote, uncontrollably gaseous by the later innings. He bravely pitched through his distractingly audible posterior exfulgence, attaining previously unachieved speeds, giving rise to both the phrase, like the wind, as a term for quickly, and the tradition of pitchers holding their gloves in front of their nose and mouth. Was it option R? Mary Pickford, the silent movie star, arrived at the match as Calder was preparing to pitch the fourth innings. Caldwell, who'd been obsessed with Pickford ever since seeing her star in the 1912 film Female of the Species, saw the movie Megastar in the stands and pitched through the final five innings in what local newspaper the Cleveland Snouter described as, quote, a state of visible excitement. Or was it option S, he was struck by lightning? Or option C, he went to BeaglePodcast.com and clicked on the donate link. Those are your options. I told you I wouldn't get to Z, Nish. I promised you I would not get to Z. The nerve of you, My the head. fucking brass balls of you, to ask for money at the end of that. <laughs> 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 make it more. People complain quizzes are too easy. I've given, I've given you twenty options. Make it, make it harder. Oh my god! Earn, earn your, earn your prize. Oh. It doesn't exist. Andy. Uh, right. Um, so, so we'll give the. Uh, do you want the answers? Should we, should we have the answers to the quiz questions now? No. What? What? We can't have. You can't have a quiz without answers. You cannot. Uh, no, you cannot. Let's. Right. The, que- the answers are: question one, Joan of Arc. Uh, she was. Uh, it was option G, the last option, canonised by Pope Benedict the uh, the fifteenth. Option uh, two, etymology. The slightly less false version was quarantine. Um, it did arise during the Black Death in the fourteenth century from the v- Venetian government, but nothing to do with the uh, carrot uh, clementine um, hybrid. Um, question three, Donald Trump. He did not. Uh, Claim that Joe Biden shot JFK, but all the rest he did do. And finally, there, uh, Ray Caldwell, the uh, 1919 pitcher, he was struck by lightning, but got up and pitched the uh, pitched the final innings. That that is the end of your quiz, Buglers. If you got all four <laughs> questions right, right, you have won the 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 right to rewatch this show every day for the rest of your lives. Congratulations, uh, huge prize. <laughs> We've talked quite a little bit in recent weeks about uh, facial coverings and the the new uh, trend for uh, uh, need for people to wear uh, facial coverings and headgear of various sorts that we probably didn't think uh, we'd ever need. And um, uh, it's very difficult for many of us. I, I hate the idea of having to wear these facial coverings. But a friend of mine, he's always worn them. He's obsessed by facial coverings, he is. And in fact, I asked him um, if he thought that people having to cover their mouths and nose is going to be a brief necessity that goes away or a long-term fixture uh, for humanity. And replied, after a bit of contemplation, is it just a phase? Mask me in a few months. In a few months. Oh, in a few months. F- hell. That was amazing. But, uh, 
he he always wore uh, he always wore um, he always can you mute them please Chris uh, he always wore uh, uh, always he's always worn uh, masks of different types he did make relationships a bit awkward his face covering obsession his favourite thing to do on a date was a multiple choice quiz similar to the one that you've all been enjoying so much in this show in which his dates had to guess what he used to do for a living and the correct answer was the 14th option in fact he used to assess the quality of Italian motor scooters made in the year that the film Toy Story came out and Nelson Mandela inspired South Africa to win the Rugby World Cup for the first time so yes the correct answer to what he did for a living was option 14 N95 Vesperator and, and, yes I mean that's the correct the f- N95 Vesperator N95 Vesperator uh, no. I mean, it was so much better when, when that came up in my head he had very trouble uh, great trouble of course with relationships and sex uh, not just caused by his obsession with covering his face don't forget to donate um, uh, uh, during the act with a, uh, he used to wear a woolly head covering with holes just for the eyes and mouth only but also some of his terminology for uh, his, uh, his uh, organs, he used to refer to his uh, membrum williosus as his Vesuvius and uh, his gentleman's ejaculatory fluidicals. He used to refer to Alice as his balaclava. No. He claimed the other day he's developed a vaccine, uh, <laughs> but uh, it'll only work if it's injected into men, not women. He called it a hijab. Um Right, don't, don't worry. Only, uh, only, uh, only, uh, only a couple more uh, now. And um, he used to have erotic dreams about prolonged kissing sessions with senior police officers. He said, "I'd love to neck a chief." Uh, but anyway, some of his uh, showbiz friends, he told me, and I'll finish with this, were struggling with what to wear as their new headgear. Uh, and uh, he told me, Andy, I had a call from what, uh, the more successful of the two remaining members of the Beatles, uh, and he was telling me that um, he was having momentary urges to wear a nun's headdress. And I said to him, I wouldn't do that on a wimple. wimple. Right, is that the time? Uh, Change my background as a protest to me with my head in my hands. Yeah, I see that, Nish. And uh, Alice, I see you've gone on uh, disappearing protest. But, you know. Protest. I was enjoying it so much that my legs gave out. That's what happened, Andy. Yeah, we've. um, We've. yeah, we, to be honest, this is Chris's. It's Chris's fault. Yeah, I wasn't going to do them, but he insisted. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hang on a second. Mean, he said, he said Andy, you do, Andy. He said blaming. Andy, you should, you should do, you should do some puns. You should maybe do some puns on scarves and face coverings. And uh, yeah, because I think the audience would love it. And I said, really? That, that snoods to me. Oh, for yeah. There we go. This is it. He always, always got another he always one. makes yeah. you think he's done, and he's but not. I am done it's, now. Uh, I am done now. Buglers, that is. The end of this this live bugle. This show is now over. I will do. Uh, this show is is <laughs> over. Thank you very much for watching, stroke, listening, um, stroke, suffering through it. Thank you very much for. Li- if you have enjoyed it, buglers, um, do uh, go to thebuglepodcast.com, click the donate button to pay for a virtual uh, voluntary retrospective ticket. Uh, thank you to Chris for setting it all up. And after that brief glitch at the start. Uh, making things run as smoothly as an egg. Um, uh, don't forget to listen to the last post, Alice's wonderful uh, podcast uh, on the from the Bugle stable. Uh, anything else to plug, Alice? Uh, oh yes, my stand-up special Savage is available now on Amazon Prime uh, for streaming. If you do not like Amazon, it's still available as the trilogy podcast for free. But um, if if you do have Amazon Prime, uh, stream it, and then maybe they'll let me do more stuff. Uh, Nish, anything to alert our, our listeners to? Tour of your own living room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still. Uh, there's still three episodes of the Mash Report on BBC iPlayer, which you can watch. Uh, and if you don't live in Britain, you've all seen it on YouTube. So. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, thank you. If you've enjoyed this, Buglers, let us know. If you haven't, constructive feedback uh, will be ignored. Uh, welcome. will be very welcome. And I'm sure we'll do another one at some point in the not-too-distant future, unless everything turns out to be fine with the world. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. Huge thanks to Nish Kumar and uh, Alice Fraser. Thanks to producer Chris. I've been Andy Zaltzman, signing off from the shed. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Uh, I mean, to the best of my guesses, we are now no longer streaming. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety god what a hot sell this is i mean you 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 must be so excited listen now